Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 78th episode, where we get a chance to talk to legendary coach Pete Savage. Coach Savage is the head coach at Reno High School. He's been there since 1995, and he has won over 80% of his games at Reno High School. Over 700 career victories from 2001 to 2004. This is incredible. At, from 2001 to 2004, his teams went 105 and 13 in a three-year span. In 2004, they were Nevada State champion. 2003, they won 32 consecutive games, 12 region titles, 15 state term berths, four runners-up. He has a big leader right now, Garrett Hampson, which he talks about how Garrett and, and how humble he is. It's a great story. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll just we'll leave that for the conversation so you get a chance to hear that and what he hears uh, about him. Um, but right away, and this is exactly why I do the bios, more guys who are in it for the players and not for their ego have a hard time with talking about their bio. And right away, he stops and gets into it and says, the bottom line about this bio is that we're here about these players and what we're doing for these players today. And Coach, I just, it, it was just, it spoke so, it spoke volumes of who he is and the, and the coach he is and what it's about. It's a hard time with it. It's all great. But he couldn't tell you a lot of it because he said the bottom line is we're here, we're doing this for the players and what the players need today. So that's just a little bit about how Coach Savage is, and he just hit the ground running right from the get-go, the conversation right from that. So we just rolled, and um, it was very enjoyable. We could have took it all night long. Uh, I'm sure, I'm hoping um, we'll talk again and get a chance to do that more often. But, uh, man, we just rolled, and we talked a ton from – right from that conversation about kind of what his values right then and there about him being about his players, his culture, program, what his, what his program is about. He talked about his pillars, talked about his pregame workout from his pregame stuff, then talked about into his practice and how he's preparing in his timeline of the year. So just a ton of information, took a ton of notes. Um, Coach Savage really helped me get better. And we just can't wait to share this to help, to see if it's going to help anybody else out there get better. So, Coach Savage, can't thank you enough. Just like I can't thank Will Mon and these guys for putting me in a place with the Netting Pros chat guys and the Netting Pros family with other great podcasts. If you haven't checked those out, there's so many other great podcasts that Netting Pros are sponsoring. Um, netting, prof- netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Well, Minor, Netting Pros, specialize in design, fabrication, installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, and dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting professionals continue to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school, and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact Will, contact the Netting Pros guys at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. 
Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. So, again, can't thank Will Miner and those guys there for enough. Uh, and Coach Savage for taking the time. It's been a conversation um, we've been trying to make for a, a while now, just getting him through Coach Sato and Coach Roof. If you haven't checked those guys out, those episodes, they were amazing. Um, and Coach Savage, just we just hit the ground running. It was great to talk to him. And without further ado, I want to get right into it. Man, here he is, Coach Pete Savage. You know, to be honest with you, those things are all great and nice and everything. But they're, the bottom line is is what we're doing today for our players and, and what we've done in the past for our players and what we're going to do in the future for our players and our athletes. And, um, you know, so I, I don't know. I don't I'm very uncomfortable talking about records and wins and championships because that's not what we're here for. We're here to, you know, our mission statement of our program is to teach life lessons through the game of baseball which um, I'm sure a lot of programs say that ours is truly that every single day. Um, I really believe actions speak louder than words. And if you were to come watch our practice or come watch our team play, I would hope you would see a uh, bigger picture mentality of, you know, making people, helping people become better men um, and better teammates and, and all that. So, um, you know, I, I don't like talking about accomplishments. I think those are all fine and dandy, but the truth is we're here to serve others. We're here to, my, my family raised us to, uh, you know, we're put on this earth to help other people. That's the bottom line, you know, and to sacrifice for others. And that's what we try to do every day. Love it. Love it. Yep. That's exactly why we're here talking, you know, and I just can't thank you, man, for, for taking some time and talking and, and uh, that's that's what we're trying to keep spreading the word, man. Because like you're, it, it's it's so similar, and that's the reason I do the bio myself. Because there are so many people like yourself, they don't want to come up here and they don't want to talk, you know, talk about it. So I'm like, I'll 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 do that on my own, um, you know, and be sure that I give give you the proper introduction itself. But uh, it's so it's so funny. It, it, not that it's funny. It's just it, that's that's a common thing that I have seen with just great coaches that I get a chance to talk to. Well, I certainly appreciate the opportunity of being on your podcast. I love what you're doing. Um, I think it's very important that you're growing the game the right way. Um, your podcast is certainly one that I listen to every week and learn from every week. You've had some outstanding coaches on here and uh, I feel honored and blessed to be on with you tonight. Thanks. It's, it's, it's been, a, it's, and I share that honor. That's for sure. I share that uh, for sure with you because I mean I've been on podcasts. I remember being a listener podcasts and and Zoom calls over the quarantine with you in them um, from the ABCA to uh, di different ones. So I'm just uh, it's it's been a real uh, pleasure. And then when I got the chance to talk to well Pudge of course, and then um, you know Steve Roof and Joel Sato, and they're within like the coaching mastermind with you. I'm like, yeah man, like love to get in the chance to talk to Coach Savage, you know, because Coach Sato was like. I thought I was doing some good stuff, you know, and then all of a sudden we go to play Coach Savage, and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, he's a legend. That that man's a legend, and um, and so is Coach Roof. I learn from those guys every day, and uh, you know, you know, it, the thing about baseball, you're going to win, you're going to lose. Some years you're going to be better than others, but it's really um, what 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 we can 
what we can do for these young men every single day. And, um, you know, we, we have been very successful in our program and I think there's a lot of reasons why, uh, there's a ton of reasons why, um, the first, you know, is our coaching staff. I, I surround myself with unbelievable coaches. Um, I have three current coaches on my staff that are, that are former head coaches in high school. So that's a different perspective. When you've been a head coach, one's been, one was a head coach at a, at a rival for 30 years, Ron Malcolm. He does an outstanding job. My hitting coach, Nick Royal, you know, my pitching coach, Brian Ocano, my, my other coach, um, Greg Dunn, you know, so I, I surround myself with outstanding assistant coaches because, you know, when you have tw- a 25 man roster or when you have three teams and there's 70 players in your program, you need uh, great coaches because it's all about teaching the game and teaching them how to uh, teach them life lessons through the game. And it just takes a lot. So um, I surround myself with great coaches and, and that goes for my uh, for our opponents too. Um, you you, t- you mentioned Coach Sato and, and Coach Roof. I never played against Coach Roof's team because he's all all the way out of Kentucky. But Coach Sato in Utah, we play, and it's just an honor to play his program and the way he does things. So, uh, so the first thing is our coaching staff. I, I think that you're only as good as your assistant coaches. Um, the days of one guy trying to coach 25 kids is just not fair to the kids. And, um, you know, especially if you're going to teach, 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 but that's what we are as teachers. Um, the second thing is, is we have program vocabulary and program, um, you know, languages we talk about. And, um, and I think it's really important as a young coach, you know, I've been coaching since 1986, actually. Um, I was a JV coach, assistant JV coach to begin with. And then I was a head JV coach and I move up to assistant varsity and then varsity. And, you know, you got to, you got to really step back as a coach and decide what you want to stand for, what you want your program to look like. So this is the way we do it at Reno high school, Reno high baseball, but it's certainly not the only way, right? There's, there's all kinds of different styles of coaching. And one of my great passions is studying coaches in every sport and you can learn from anybody you can learn from a soccer coach you can learn from a basketball coach football coach but you know a couple of things that we stand for in our program um and i've kind of evolved into this concept um we have a saying complexity is the enemy of execution and by that i mean we got to keep things simple Um, as coaches, you know, we talk and we talk and we talk and we think they understand and we think they learn. And, and, you know, you may have to say something a thousand times, but the simpler you keep your message, um, the more the athlete can put it into his game, his or her game. So I, I think application and keeping it simple is very important, respecting the game. You know, um, Coach Chafin and what he talks about is guardians of the game and respecting the game. Hey, you'll never see my team or our team celebrate um, excessively. Uh, we, you know, when we hit a home run, we want to act like we're going to do it again. You know, yeah. it's, and I think teams that uh, go through those excessive celebrations, um, it, for me, it's like they didn't expect it to happen in the first place. So we're going to always respect the game and respect our opponents. The only, you know, and we, we caught old John Wooden deal is we always concentrate on us 
probably 50 to one compared to the opponent. Cause really you're playing against the game of baseball. You're playing against the fundamentals of the game and, you know, respect the game, respect your opponent. But really the only thing the opponent does is give you a chance to play somebody else in a different color uniform. That's all it is. Uh, so don't get too caught up in, in the opponents, but some of our vocabulary, you know, we always say we, the, the word I is not allowed on our field. It's not allowed. Once you walk through the gates of our stadium or another um, opposing stadium, the word I is eliminated. We, we never say I want this or I want that or coach. I, I, no, I stopped the guy in mid sentence and say, that's not allowed. Um, the, the other word we don't use is perfect. Um, it's not a perfect game, thank God, uh, because otherwise adversity couldn't teach us so many good things. And, and so, you know, this generation we're coaching right now, you'll hear him say a lot, oh, perfect, perfect. No, there's nothing perfect in this world and certainly not in baseball. Loyalty is a huge aspect of our program. Um, you know, we have a saying, you're either with us or against us. There's no middle ground. I got that from Gordy Gillespie way back in the ABCA days um, when he was a speaker and he was so good. But, you know, you're either, either with us or against us. There's no middle ground. And, you know, we've all seen that player. He's he's the best teammate in the world when he's hitting third and playing every inning. And then he does, he gets beat out or he's not playing, not playing well. And all of a sudden he's not a good teammate. So that's not allowed. We don't. That's a standard. It's not allowed. Um I think one of the most important things we can teach these young men, and, and if you're a softball coach, young women or a basketball coach, um, is how to be a good teammate, you know, how to be a great teammate. And again, I think every coach says that, but if you stop and think about it, just like you talked about, you know, uh, being, being uh, a good father and a good husband, you know, that's a team. Your family's a team. Uh, your job is a team. Your church is a team. Certainly our baseball team is a team and a family. So that's a, that's a skill they're going to live and learn the rest of their life, how to be a great team player. Um, and then we tell them what's it mean to be a good teammate. Uh, we show them examples, uh, team, team always above self, sacrifices in our pillars. Um, the word sacrifice is a huge word in our program because, you know, you go back to Coach Murphy, the Alabama softball coach, and the word mudita. Um, which I think is awesome. You know, you have, you got it when those teammates are just as happy celebrating somebody else's accomplishments. Um, definition of failure versus definition of success. I hate it when coaches say, well, baseball's a negative game because there's so much failure involved in it. And, and in my opinion, the word failure in the definition of failure in our program is when somebody quits, when somebody hangs up baseball. That is the definition of failure. Other than that, it's a learning experience that we're going to keep grinding and grinding and grinding, and we're going to learn from. You know, you can learn a lot more from challenges and adversity than you can from success. But what is the definition of success? Okay. Is it really winning the state championship or winning a regional championship or winning a league championship? Hey, those are nice, right? But the definition of success in, in our program is giving your best effort every day and giving your teammates their best effort. So giving your, giving your best effort on behalf of your teammates. Okay. 
And then I have a thing, I, you know, I've worked for, I think, five or six different principals at Reno High School. And, and we had a guy named Robert Sullivan, who was who was an outstanding principal. And, and we won we won a championship and he brings me in and he goes, hey, congratulations on that championship. And I was a young coach and I was like, yeah, man, we're fired up. We're fired up. It was great to win that championship. And he said to me, he goes, but you understand the true definition will be what those young men are doing 20 years from now. What, what are they doing 20 years from now, 30 years from now? Are they good fathers? Are they good businessmen, teachers, firemen, whatever they're going to be? So that's the definition of success in our program. Um, being relentless and staying in the fight. Consistency. Consistency is a huge part of our program. You know, I think you said we've won 82% of our games that we've played. Um, and, and that's important. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and, uh, lie to you and tell me, tell you the winning's not important. Winning. I'm as competitive individual as anybody in the country. Okay. We love to win. Okay. But being consistent is, is a huge part of it. Work. My grandfather was a Basque sheep herder from Spain. He came over to America when he was 14 years old. I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. I was working up at his sheep ranch one summer and he told, and I, I took a little rest and he said, Whoa, 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 what are you doing? He said, you rest when you die, keep working, you know? So I'll always remember that, um, being present, uh, being present with your team every day, um, trying to eliminate distractions. It's a daily chore for all of us as human beings to be present, right? It's hard. Um, measurement equals motivation. This generation loves things to be measured and, and compete competition and practice. We'll talk about that in a little bit more, but, those are some of the things, you know, everything matters from how we clean the dugouts to how we keep our equipment shed to how the field looks to how we treat our teammates to how we act on the bus to how we act in class to how we keep our locker room. Everything matters. Um, and every single teammate is equally important. I don't care if you're the guy that plays every inning of every game or you're the, you're the young man who's the bullpen catcher who may get two at bats the whole year everybody's important. That's what being a team player and being part of a team sport is all about. So those are some of our program standards and program vocabulary. So um, I hope that explains a little bit. Oh, for sure. Is, is that something uh, like as you, is, is, it a constant, is, it, is it a constant talk with the kids? Is it something that you guys go over classroom wise or is it something that's, you know, you have a signs up, you know, how, how do you got to, how do you basically communicate that to your players? Well, you know, a lot of it goes through our pillars, and I know a lot of people um, have heard me talk about our pillars before, but um, so those are kind of what we make all our decisions based on. Uh, H stands for hustle, U stands for unity, S stands for sacrifice, Kaizen stands for get 1% better, I stands for intelligence, so being good academically and athletically and being a smart player and smart student. Um, E stands for earn it. Don't be entitled. And S stands for getting stronger. But, um, you know, we have signs, we have handouts, but it's, it's, um, you know, you can give a young man a book, you can give him a binder, all those things. Um, and we give him a ton of handouts, but it's more important, the interaction between the, the player to player coach to coach. That's what, and you just, you just constantly, um, um, you know, that old saying, what you allow, you condone. So if you see something you don't like, I'm all, you know, we're all over him as a coaching staff. A guy doesn't hustle, a guy acts selfishly. And at the same time, when you see something you like, 
where the the standards are emphasized by a player that that's that's and you got you got to catch him doing good too and you got to praise that young man for his efforts and um you know i think that's what covid kind of kind of taught us um how important that human interaction that that's what coaching is all about is human interaction human connection human communication um you know just building respect and trust with the player for sure no, that's awesome. I, I, love, I think more people need to hear that about catching them doing good. It's not about just holding the standard, but it's also then rewarding the standard, like you said, and praising the standard. Um, love that, you know, and it's just like you 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 promote what you praise, what you promote, you know, you promote what you praise and then, you know, you. Pr- <laughs> so absolutely, man, that's awesome. Uh, I think that it's that's, that's a great message to share because not many people talk about that for sure. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, in our program, uh, Trey, um, you know, I've been told by a, a lot of people, if you love baseball, if you love baseball, Reno High Baseball is a great program for you. If you just kind of like baseball, it's going to be challenging because and, you know, and it's not for everybody. But I, I, I mean, I'm so proud of our of our players and our families and our coaches. There's they're out there. I mean, I'm so fortunate to be a part of this deal. I mean, COVID is a great example. Um, we took about a month off. And then we played 97 games during the COVID period without stepping on our field. We went, we went all around the Western United States, staying virus safe, taking the temperatures, using the mask, using the sanitation. But, and Coach Sato, we went and visited him three times up in Utah. Um, you know, but we, we got through it. And I, and I, I was on a mission to, to get through it because, hey, these young men deserve – you only have four years of high school. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I would just believe that uh, now if you don't have committed players, that's not going to work. If you don't have right. committed parents, that's not going to work. If you don't have committed coaches, that's not going to work. But we got through it, man. We played 97 games from April 2020 through probably February 1st, 2021. We oh, played wow. 97 games. Yep. We kept grinding. So wow, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah, I was proud of it. But that's just, that's just you know, we've been playing. We play about 100 to 110 games a year. So since I started uh, coaching uh, the head coach in 90, 94 summer, the, my American Legion team and the high school team, we play about 110 games a year. And, you know, it's I just believe in there is no better way to build team than spending time together. You know, we can have all the uh, kumbaya sessions and, and – uh, all that, but the best the best way to, to to build teams is spend quality time together, and and that goes to the practice environment, and it goes to team building environment. So, we have ways we do that, and um, you know, these kids end up being lifelong friends forever um, because of of the way we run our program. Mm. So, and I guess you take me through like a timeline, just so like the, those you said. So you'll start. Your high school games, I guess, what in April, March? Yeah, so we start March March first. March first, last weekend of February is our tryouts. Okay. Then we have our preseason tournament. Then we play in a normal high school season where we go all the way to the state championship. We'll play about thirty six to forty games. Okay. Which is a lot. Yeah. Um, And then that goes all the way till the middle of May. Then May Memorial Day we have. We started our American Legion program from Memorial Day weekend through 
the first um, first of August, we try to get 60 games in in 60 days. Mm. Um, and then we take a month off. We take August off. September through November, we're doing fall ball. We'll take a couple of weeks off um, at the end of November, and then we get right into winter baseball, winter conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, like, like I said, we play a lot, but I like practice more than playing. Practice to me is um, if you were to tell me that, hey, you can win the state championship or the College World Series or the World Series in the big leagues but never practice, I would decline the opportunity. I, I think practice is – the environment where players get better, they become better teammates. And, uh, you know, we got this saying in our program, work the grind, play the game. So work the grind, play the game. And by that, I mean, basically, Hey, we're going to work your butt off in practice. Practice is coaches time. Game time comes and it's, it's just play, man, just play, have fun and let it fly. Um, so that's kind of how we do it. Uh, and with your with your summer team, I'm just thinking about your Legion team. Is it mostly all your high school kids, or will you have others from around the area? It's 100% Reno High kids. Um, okay. Once in a while, we'll have a kid, a senior from another school that wants to play that many games, and he'll he'll ask him he'll ask if he can come play with us. And and if he's a good kid, and I always check with that coach first, but it's 99.9% Reno High kids. Um, and it's a grind. That's why I said you got to love the game to be in our program. Um, um, and so, but, you know, we go on several road trips throughout the year and, and team, you know, team identity, team building, those road trips are awful special. You know, you get to go on a bus, like a college team, you know, we go, we go to, well, I'd say five or six road trips a year. And we, we, um, we do all kinds of team building activities on the road and, um, we do them in practice, but I, I just think that, um, again, the more quality time you get to spend together as a team, the better off you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm just, I'm just thinking of, uh, so you'll have your varsity go through, uh, when you go to Legion and it's, it's 19 you. So like, will you, is it just really your high school kids or those kids maybe like, let's say they went away to Juco or something like that. Could they still come back and play like they're 19 you with you? Yeah. So in, in the past, you know, yeah. in the past, we used to have a lot of Ju- Juco guys come back. Yeah. Now, now more, now I swear to God, more colleges are sending those kids out to college leagues and that's fine. You know, it, yeah. it doesn't, um, whoever who, that's the other thing in our program, you show up every day with a good attitude and, and you want to play a lot, you're going to get, you're going to get really good. Um, but so in the past, we used to have more kids come back. Now most of those college kids are going and playing in college leagues. So, um, but they're always welcome, man. I mean, we have this thing, once you join, you join for life. So, hey, if, if that JUCO kid wants to come back and play one more summer and he's American Legion eligible, of course, we'd, we'd love him to play. Okay, okay. And then how do you guys run practice? So you guys, will you guys run practice with like those 70 kids at one time? Do you like doing it with, I mean, that's a lot logistically, but how, so how do you guys run practice like as a program? Um, during high school, we sep- we practice separately during fall ball. We practice all together. Okay. Um, you know, I'm famous for long practices. I love, 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 uh, three or four hour practices. I know that's kind of a coaching no, no, you know, because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's basically what the kids are getting out of it. that matters. Right. But, 
I think that um, uh, I, I don't. Baseball's a game where you can't rush, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, baseball's a game where there is no clock. And these people that try to speed the game up, it drives me crazy because just let the game be what the game is. The game is a beautiful game the way it's set up. Just let it be. I mean, the high school high school rules, they come out with new rules every year. And it's like, God, stop, man, stop messing with our game. Our game is great. You know, like the Kurt, we have a courtesy runner in Nevada, you know, and it's just like, but it's good. Cause he gets more guys in the game, but so when I practice, um, we love detail practices. I mean, I, I think, um, John Wooden said, you know, you got to spend as much time planning practice or twice as much time planning practice as you do as practicing. So, we got it down to the minute, man. I mean, it's, 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 um, it's my, it's my goal and my challenge every day to create a good practice plan and efficient practice plan where players love to come to practice. They're getting better every day. Right. So you got to keep everybody busy at all times. There's nothing worse than a bad baseball practice where guys are standing around, not getting anything done. Mm -hmm. That's a complete waste of time. We don't do that. So, you know, we, we built a hitting facility right next to our field, um, which it's a 90 by 90 hitting facility, which we need a lot in the winter because, you know, it snows here in Reno. Um, but then we have a great bullpen in a, in a big field and we have a, a subsidiary JV field. So we have a lot of resources that we've built. You know, everything we've built at Reno High has been raised by our program and, and our parents. And so, um, I, I just think it's really important to have efficient practices. Um, keep your practices as competitive as you possibly can. Like, like I said, measure everything. Measure every swing and BP, every ground ball. Give them a ground ball percentage. You know, I took a lot of that from Tim Corbin at Vanderbilt. He's kind of the standard. He, you know, um, I learned a lot from Tim, um, who's a good friend of mine, and my brother John, who's at UCLA, John Savage. Um, those are my, my, uh, and Dave Lawn, actually, who's a pitching coach at Arizona. Those are my three guys. And there's a whole bunch of guys around the country that I learned from, but those are my main guys. But, you know, live pitchers versus live hitters, right? It's a situational game. You have to, you have to put your players in situations that are going to happen in the game and um, have them take ownership of practice, you know, and compete in practice. And, all those things. And I, and I, I just think that if you can create a good practice plan where it's efficient, where things are moving, 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 and it's competitive, there's nothing to me. It's the, it's the best part of every single day. <laughs> um, um, and again, we, our job is to win today's practice. You know, you heard Belichick say that they were asking him all kinds of things. Um, I can't remember what the question was, but he just, he, I think they said, Hey, Bill, if you could do one more thing in your coaching life, what would you want? He goes, well, I'd like to win today's practice. And so when he's saying that, <laughs> we better be saying that at Reno High School, you know, just win today's practice. And, you know, a bad practice bothers me much more worse than a bad game, um, you know, because that bad game is created by a bad practice. So we try to win every practice and um, it, it's a challenge, but we work hard at it. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a great statement. A bad practice bothers me more than a bad game. Um, uh, I'm just, is this a consistent message? Is this something that has changed over the years? I've always loved practice. I mean, I just think that, you know, you can get a young man 
100, 100 ground balls, right? And, and yeah. then you go look at a game and he may get three, two, yeah. you know? So it's like, and our players, God bless them. They're, they're such, they're such wonderful achieving young men. They want one thing from us as coaches. They want us to make them into better players and, and the better men, but also, I mean, it's like coach, Help me with my swing. Help me with my pitching mechanics. Help me with my mentality. You know, help me with my mental game. Help me with our base running. Um, so, you know, they there's not a player in the world that wanted to make an error. There's not a player in the world that wants to strike out. There's not a player in the world that doesn't want to have a wants to throw a bad pitch. So, you know, they're very high achieving young men that want want to get better. And so, you know, I think it's really important for a coach to be a facilitator to their development on the field. And of course, off the field, you know, teaching them all the life lessons. Um, you know, the other thing is you got to be honest with them. And, you know, as, as a coach, you, you cannot be there. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be their friend. You know, there's a lot of young coaches that make that mistake. It's like, Hey, I'm going to be a player's coach. And it's like, Hey, at times you can be a player's coach. At other times you got to lay the law down, man, because if you let one thing go, it becomes a dumpster fire and a real, they can't be put out in a, in a real quick minute. And so, you know, be honest with your players, you know, tell them their roles. Hey, this is your role right now. And it's an important role. Um, put them into positions to succeed. You know, if you got a little left-handed bunt specialist and, and you got a nasty left-hander on the mound that looks like Randy Johnson or Chris Sale, that's not a good matchup, you know, but, it, but it, there's a situation for everybody to succeed in this game as coaches, it's our responsibility to put them in positions to succeed. And, um, you know, the last thing is, as a coach, you know, if we're going to demand all these things from them, good body language, um, hustle, daily daily attention, daily work, um, we have to display all those things we're demanding from them. So we have to walk their walk, walk the walk, man. If we're going to demand them to hustle, then we got to be on practice early, organized, efficient, you know, and, and do a good job for them, you know. And if a kid strikes out, we can't act like an idiot and show terrible body language or blame an umpire, right? We can't blame an umpire, you know. Um, so all it's just really important that, that you build that relationship with the player through all those things. And, and most of all, be there for them, man. I mean, um, like I said, I don't want to be their friend, but I certainly want to earn their respect every single day just by walking that walk and, and being there. And like you said, having the plan, you know, walking the displaying the things that you want. Yeah. And showing up every day with a good attitude yeah. and with a, uh, with a, with an organized practice plan with a, you know, a detailed scouting report with a, uh, um, you know, when you have a meeting with them, have an, have an organized uh, player evaluation, you know, I mean, it's important to, to do a good job you know, do a good job as a coach. You know, we, we have a lot of responsibility, a lot of responsibility. You think about Reno High is the oldest, oldest uh, school in the city. So it's like 1860 or something crazy. Right. So, and there's only been like 10 head coaches uh, in the sure. baseball in the baseball program. I mean, one guy coached there for 46 years, Bud Beasley. And so, you know, my mentor, Bill Penaluna, Tom, there's been some great coaches. So I'm, you know, it's like right now I'm the one, um, as the head coach and my, my coaching staff, you know, they're, they're, we're all one team working together, but it's like, um, we have a lot of responsibility to live up to, to that, you know, so do a good job where you're at, you know, be, be 
present where you're at and do a good job where you're at. I think it's, I think that's great too, to say about like, that's like you, you, you put the relationship, which that's a, that's a big word now. And everybody knows relationships are important, but like you put relationship. Yes. I'm building the relationship as I'm having a detailed plan. I'm coming prepared every day. I'm like, we're all like, I'm giving you everything I got at this practice whenever you're there. And that's also building the relationship too. You know what I mean? And I think that's where some people could, you know, th that's where they get maybe turned off by that, by like a building relations. But like, I think that's great to hear from your perspective of like, that is building a good relationship because that competency with being a big time coach will also help build that relationship. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And I, and I think if you're not doing that, you shouldn't be coaching. Yep. I mean, these kids, these kids, um, you know, their parents are obviously the most important thing in their life, most important people in their life. And we have wonderful parents. They, they, very, you know, they're awesome parents. Um, but coaches are right next in line, man. We spend three to four hours a day with these kids, you know, two to three hours a day with these kids, six days a week during the summer, seven days a week. So it's mm -hmm. like, we spend a lot of time with them and it's important that uh, we give them our best effort. And, you know, I always say there's, there's, there's a lot of relationships in baseball, right? There's player to coach. So that has to be a relationship built on respect and trust. Um, the most important relationship is player to player. I think, you know, earning the respect of your teammate is a perspective that is critical to team success and critical, critical to individual development. Um, we do a thing called peer evaluation, which is really important. Everybody ranks each other in these different categories. And, you know, because I can tell a young man, Hey, I think he's, um, uh, lazy or he does, he does, he's a good hitter. He's, he's a little bit lazy on defense. Um, um, you know, whatever you want to talk about the, the, whatever areas you want to be great at, but when his teammates rank him in those five areas, you know, different areas, um, then if it's coming from their point of view, it's like, Hey, Johnny, this isn't what I think of you. This isn't what our coaching staff, this is what your teammates think of you. They think your work ethic out of a scale of one to five is about a 2.4. Huh. That's a problem. Or social maturity off the field. That's another category they rate. You know, mm. hey, uh, Johnny, um, you know, you got a 1.8 on social maturity off the field. Um, empathy for teammates. How much do they care? You care about your teammates. That's one of those categories. Uh, compatibility with the goals of the program and then baseball talent, you know. So it's like, hey, your teammates think you're a five on baseball talent, but you're like a 2.1 on how much you care about them. That's not mm. good. Now, again, it goes back to that, that philosophy that nobody's perfect. There's nobody perfect. Right. And, and if you're religious, like I am, uh, the man on the cross teaches us, right. That nobody is perfect. We all have our failings. Um, um, and so it's just something to work on. Every, everything's changeable. You can, you know, a guy could be um, not a great teammate yet, right? I think the word yet's an important word. You know, this guy hasn't got a – he's well, you know, my coach will say, that kid can't hit, and I say yet, right? Or that kid's curveball is not very good yet because it's our job as a, as a coaching staff to develop things, to get them better, you know. Um, and, it, and it's on us if that kid leaves our program with a bad breaking ball or a, a bad mechanical swing. So, um, you know, the power of the human spirit is amazing, man. People, I will never 
one thing I've never done as a coach is put any limitations on a player. Like, hey, you can't play Division One, or you can't be a starter, or you can't play in the big leagues. I mean, who? I'm a high school coach. I'm never going to – hey, the world – I, we've all seen people accomplish things that are incredible. Right. And um, so give them hope, you know, give them vision, give them, um, have them earn that respect and, and all good things happen. Sure. I, 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 I'd love to just get back to the player to player um, critiquing each one, just kind of, just for me, my ball's rolling here. Is this something that's done maybe anonymously? Like, hey, okay, you're going to vote each person. They give you a piece of paper. Uh, you have it done in online, and then you kind of get the data. And then whenever you have, like, maybe your exit meeting or maybe your roles meeting, and that's when you go over this? Yeah, it's ba that's basically what it's an Excel spreadsheet. You put down the five categories, baseball talent, work ethic, empathy for teammates, compatibility with the goals of the program, and social maturity off the field. But th those are just my – those are my categories. Right. You, you can come up – and then you have all the players listed on the left-hand side, the scales one to five, and you don't rank yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whoever – so, like, if uh, Cobb – is Cobb listed and his number's on, on there, obviously it's his sheet, right? So then then you compile. It takes a lot of time and effort. Yeah. I'm sure there's a way now with uh, with all the computers and everything. I'm mean, I'm pretty old-school coach, but you, you put them all together and you, you tabulate it and you tell them, hey, this is what your teammates think of you. And, and – uh, you know, I think that that's that deal, man. It's in that it, it can go the other way too, where a kid, he might not think he's that good. And then you can say, Hey, you know what? Your teammates, they think you're a 4.2 on baseball talent, bud. Yeah. Or you know what? Every single, uh, we do this thing called, um, the foxhole test and, and I'm sure you've heard of it, but you know, the person, the person you put in your back is your most trusted teammate. Your second one's on your right. Third one's on your left. Well, two, two years ago in 2020, we had this backup catcher uh, named Carson Esop, and, um, you know, just probably the best teammate I've ever, ever had the privilege of coaching over 30, 30 years in the game. And um, every single teammate, every single teammate out of 25 guys put him down as the most trusted teammate. Mm. Well, guess who was no longer our backup catcher, right? And he didn't become our starting catcher because our starting catcher was his division one guy, but I, I certainly found a way to get that young man in the lineup. Um, but I mean, how awesome for that young man to be told, Hey bud, every single person on our team gave you the most trusted teammate. Now, I mean, I'd hire that guy right now. I, I would. Right. right? I mean, oh yeah. Not and, a so, doubt. and so um, I think that that peer evaluation is a good thing. That's what we do. Um, Hero hardship and highlight. A lot of people do that. Cause you get to, you get to really know the kids off the field and it can't be baseball related. It can be everything else. It explains a lot about behavior. And, and so um, we also do a thing called, as you see it, which is a great deal. I, I got that from the Dan McDonald at Louisville, but, or no, Mike Bianco at Ole Miss. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, at the beginning of the season, they, there's a form called, as you see it and the starting lineup, the, the best hitter off the bench, the best, you know, reliever, starter, middle relief, closer, those types of things. And so, hey, when, when you sit down for your player meetings at the beginning of the year and say, you know what, Johnny, um, you're the only person that has you down as a starting shortstop. Everybody else sees you as the backup. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So that means that young man's um, self-evaluation, self-awareness is not very good. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's something in this generation. And and, um, I'm not big into, hey, this generation, that generation, because I think the top third, the top third of of our team right now could have played 80 years ago. They're they're outstanding young men. They're committed to excellence. Um, But I also think that this this generation, because of the environment they're growing up in, cell phones, um, Instagram, Facebook, um, they love to be recognized. And um, I think it's a... um, I'm not into that. It's like, you know what, man, will you work your butt off to hit, to hit 15 home runs. Right. And when you hit that, it's like the Derek, you know, I use Derek Jeter a lot. Derek Jeter is a good role model for me because you couldn't tell if Jeter was playing in the world series seventh game or the third game of a spring training. Right. It's always the same calm, always the same, you know? And so uh, not, don't be a roller coaster out there. And so, um, you know, that goes kind of goes to the mental game. The mental game is a huge, huge, huge part of our program. Uh, we've used several people. Ken Revisa was a, a real close friend of mine. Um, I, think, I always think him as the godfather of the mental game. Um, um, unbelievable mind, unbelievable um, presence, unbelievable way of teaching. And then Brian Kane, we use Brian Kane a lot. Um, He's got incredible energy, um, Justin Deemer. There's there's so many good people out there. But the mental game, you know, the things I learned from Ken Revisa and also Brian Kane, um, those aren't baseball-related things. Those are life things, right? It's like, um, you know, you know, one of the major emphasis in our program, Trey, is to build toughness. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you to me – um, along go same thing as being a good teammate, teaching these young men how to be tough is right up there, man, because life's hard, yes, you is. know, challenging things are going to happen throughout your life and you got to learn how to deal with them. Um, you know, we've had some tragedies in our, you know, we've, we've, it's been a tough, we, we lost a player. It, it was horrible. Um, you know, but the families go through cancer, families go through divorce, you know, families go through addiction, families go through, you know, and so the, you know, the, the, the game teaches you how to deal with things, you know, so you got to embrace adversity and turn negatives into positives as fast as you possibly can. So I believe that that's, that's a huge part of our job as coaches is to, to prepare these young men for the challenges that life's going to bring them. And um, um, it's coming. You know, there could be some some young men could go through it early. Some families go through it late, but it's it's coming. Life's challenging. You know, I um, couldn't agree more. I think it's what we all have in common, period, in life. Adversity. You know, that's one thing that's it's just absolutely in common. Um, how do you because especially being as you know, as time tested as you are, you know, you know, your stuff works. Uh, that's one thing, you know, like talking to coach hell from Ohio, like he knows his stuff works and he looks at it. So when I'm like thinking of like Brian Kane, using Brian Kane and all the guys, how do you balance whether to bring in a guy or do, or, or you stick with yourself and what you're doing within your, what you're saying? Like, how do you balance those two? Oh, I'm, we're in a constant state of improvement. I mean, there, I, I, I am a relentless learner, um, as far as, um, 
like this is the Reno high baseball way right now. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, and we're going to stick with things that, I mean, the fundamentals of the fundamentals of the game are the fundamentals of the game and um, being a good teammate, throwing strikes, playing good catch, you know, putting the ball in play, being tough at the play, being good base runners, all, all the fundamentals of the game are the same fundamentals that have been the same forever, man. And those things aren't, they're like the 10 commandments, right? They're not changing. They're not right. changing. But in order to to um, get players to learn and to motivate, and so we're constantly enhancing our program. I mean, I don't think we're ever good enough. I, I I'm one of those people that think, hey man, we it's going to be a challenge. Every game's going to be a challenge. Every practice is going to be a challenge. So let's go out and, and be over prepared and 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 work our butts off. And um, you know so. In answer to your direct question, I hope I'm hope I'm answering it, but it's like we're in a constant state of. I mean, Kaizen is one percent better every day. That us as coaches, we're getting one percent better every day. You know, John Wooden had a saying: once you, once you think you know it all, um, is when you start to lose. And mm. um, you know, you nobody knows everything about baseball. That's why it, to me, it's the greatest game, man. I mean, you know, coaching clinics, ABCA, BCA. I belong to this coaching group right now. I'm amazed. By the information that I get on my cell phone, I'm like, I mean, Coach Sato is a great example. His attention to detail, he kicks our butt 10 to 1 on attention to detail. He sends stuff out, and I'm like, holy cow. But it's like, you know, there's been, there's so many good people in this game that teach, teach, teach. This podcast, right? I mean, um, Coach Deggs, man. I mean, his, his talk at the ABCA hmm. – his talk on your podcast, um, every time I hear that man speak, I, I, it's like he's talking directly to me, man. I'm like, right. holy cow. It's like, and I just think, um, and there's certain coaches that resonate with you more than others, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, Corb, Tim Corbin's phenomenal. I think my brother John's phenomenal. Um, and, and I don't want to start naming coaches. So I'll leave somebody out. But I'll, I don't, you know, you start listening to a, to a clinic or a podcast, it doesn't, I mean, any idea that we can steal and put into our program that makes, I mean, it's our responsibility to take all these good ideas and put them into our program and, and make it better for our kids. Um, I don't want to leave any stone unturned, man. It's like, we got to keep going and keep getting better and better and better uh, because nobody has this game figured out. Nobody has coaching figured out, you know, Um and there's so many different ways to do it. I mean, it, it's just incredible. There are. That, that definitely is. And and um, I guess I guess my, I, I could have been better of singing saying like not that I that you wouldn't bring those guys in is when you're thinking of bringing people in. How do you keep the message where you want it to be? You know what I mean? Like yeah. making sure that the message that you're trying to get across and the reason why you're bringing them in is going to stay consistent. Yeah. Well, I, I think it goes at that point, it goes back to those pillars. I mean, those things are my guiding light. You know, if, exactly. if it doesn't, if it doesn't reinforce one of those, then I'm, I'm not going to bring people in. I mean, right. But, but also so, um, go ahead. I was just thinking, so for example, you bring a guy like Brian Kane and say, Hey, we need to work on this pillar. And that's how you're kind of guiding that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I think, um, you know, but like I like I talked about Revisa and Brian, yeah. right? It's like, you know, have a like Revisa used to say, have a good shitty day. 
You know, yeah. how many how many times do we go through life where we're like we get in a bad mood and it's like this and that? And it's like, hey man, turn it good. You tell your players to turn it good all the time. Now's the time to turn it good, man. Or um, you know, Kane's an energy guy, incredible energy. Um, yeah. and, and I, I mean, I knew him, Brian, for a long time when he first started. He was a like right at, I mean, with with Ken and Fullerton, and, and so I've known him for a long time. But the way he's evolved his career, and it, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, it could be we th- have this thing called successful speaker series. I, you know, we can bring in a guy. We have tons of alumni in our program that are hugely successful. Um, we have, um, you know, like number five. Number five in our program was worn by two by Brady Dolan and Ryan Dolan. In our and Dol- you don't know Dolans, but they're like this huge automobile dealership that own like 15 dealerships in Reno in Northern Nevada. And Brady played at UCLA for my brother. And, you know, so it's like, Hey, whoever wears number five, I think of those two guys. So we do this thing, legacy of a number. It's like, okay, who's worn number five in our program. And then you try to connect those alumni with with this, those, with those 20 names, you know? And so, um, but you know, I'll bring in successful speakers on business successful speakers on, you know, law enforcement. Um, it does, you know, it doesn't really matter as long as we can have our kids learn that, you know, oftentimes a different voice is good. You know, they get tired of hearing my voice, you know, um, that kind of goes to leadership too. Cause it's like, I could tell them, tell them and tell them and tell them, tell them. Uh, but if, if one of their teammates is teaching them a leadership point, they may listen more, you know? Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That goes back even back to the player to player evaluation. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And player to player respect is because it's like, man, that there's nothing greater than earning the respect to your teammates. I mean, Matt Degg says that, right? He says there's yeah. nothing, there's no greater honor. Schlossnagel says it too. Huh? Schlossnagel. Yeah. And, and, and Jim's great too at, at TCU and Texas A&M. I mean, I learned a lot from him. Um, there's so many great coaches and, 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 and that's the thing though, Trey, um, there's more baseball information more coaching information in this generation for us coaches than any time in my life, right? It's Mm -hmm. baseball information's everywhere. That is not the secret to team success. The secret to team success is building that relationship with that player and earning his respect so that he's going to bust his butt and give his best effort on behalf of his teammates and, and developing just spending time, develop that, developing that relationship. Um, you know, humility is a big part of it. I, I And that kind of goes to, you know, why do you bring people in? You know, how do you match the message? Um, you know, the program, you know, you've heard the, of the program. It's a uh, leadership development from the arm, from the armed forces. The guy who spoke at the ABCA is phenomenal. He sends out an email and, you know, you bring that to your team. Um, the Navy SEAL concept, that's rampant all over the world now in, in college baseball and high school baseball. Jocko, right? You know, there's so many good things we can learn from, but it all starts with humility. If, you know, once you think you got it figured out, I think you should get out of coaching too. I mean, I remember when Tim Corbin um, had Don Meyer speak at the ABCA. Do you remember Don Meyer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Phenomenal. I mean, I think he was the winningest college basketball coach in the history of, or he, at one point he had the most wins in college basketball, um, and his name was Don Meyer. And he said, Hey, you should fire yourself every year as a head coach at the end of the season, fires, fire yourself and start over because you got to look at what went well and what you can improve 
and what you need to get better at and what and what went wrong and change. You know, you have to change is a really good thing for any organization. Right. I mean, you can't get stuck in your ways. Um, and even though I'm old school and believe that um, the fundamentals of the game never change, those are the Ten Commandments. Right. Um, there are different ways to enhance it. Technology, Rapsodo, uh, Blast, all those things are great. Um, I get caught up. I, I, I get I get a little frustrated when players only worry about their exit velocity or their throwing velocity or, hey, I'm, a, I'm now a part of um, I got first team, blah, 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 or this and that. It, it, hey, it's all about like we started this conversation with. How can you impact other people in a good way? We're put on this earth to impact other people in a, in a positive, productive way. Love your players. Love your coaches. Um, make them better. We're not here for any other reason. It's like I said, nobody cares how many wins you have. No, the, the players don't care. These current players, they, they could care less. All they want is to be loved, to be taught, and to be challenged, you know, and I'm kind of rambling on here, but I just think that humility, that's a huge piece, man. You have to be humble. You have to be humble. Nope. Uh, you weren't rambling at all. You were preaching. It was great. It was, you were, you were uh, giving us all kinds of great stuff, man. It was, uh, I just, I just love, and, and that's what I, I enjoy too. Like you talked about your passion of yours is learning from great coaches. That's the whole reason I'm here. It, 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 to be honest, is to, is to learn and keep growing the game and, and showing those things. But like, I love for you, like, like you said, some people just speak your language and you just get to it. So it's like, man, I'm, I'm catching little things like, yeah, that's how I say it. But like coach Savage says it like just a little bit better, you know, like the 10 commandments that like sits with me about like the fundamentals of the game. They don't change. Here's what they are. Um, like they're just things like that, you know, like building that relationship. Um, I guess, like I said, I know I had already had already hit on that, but I just love that because I think people think it's so fluffy when it's really can be just, do your job well for the kids, have a plan, challenge them at practice, everything detailed. And that's building that relationship too. not necessarily just coming up and giving them a hug, which is so what some kids might need. But I think what you're saying, well, I'm building that relationship through like giving them their, the challenge that they need and every day coming at the plan. Yeah. And it's no different. It's, I mean, um, it's like raising kids, right? Yeah. I mean, some, sometimes you need to hug them and sometimes you need to kick them in the butt. I mean, there's yeah. no difference. It's like every single kid you coach is, is, you know, becomes part of your family and do the, do the best job you can with them. And, and, uh, you know, they, I think it's, it's important to challenge them and uh, they want to be challenged. This group wants to be challenged. I mean, it's, it's, they, that's just part of our, our program is to, is a challenge, challenge, challenge. So, um, we certainly do that. Yeah. And, uh, so thinking of this coach, I'm, uh, cause this is another question I had down the road. Cause you mentioned like playing like 90 some games, you try to play hundred games in a year. Right. And then you talk about love and practice, right? So playing 60 games in 60 days from Memorial day to September, September, like let's say more day, Labor day. Um, how do you go about your practice during that, like that time? Like, is that, or is that just a different phase? You're not really focusing on it then? Or I'm just wondering, how are you squeaking by like your development during that period of time? Pre-game. We do a lot of, a lot of good things in pre-game, um, pre-game uh, offense, pre-game defense, pre-game pitching. Um, I, I just think, you know, we always come two hours prior to a game. If we play at 11 o'clock, we're there at eight 45. And if you, if, 
uh, players have learned that they call it savage time. So be 15 minutes early, you know, don't ever be anything but 15 minutes early. Um, whether it's a job interview or a practice or um, my watch is 15 minutes faster than Apple's watch. I think that um, just be early. And, and so they get there two hours prior to, and it's our job to, have a have we don't really have a detailed practice plan prior to summer games but it's like i want that to be efficient hey um we're gonna have an infield coach come out work with our infielders infielders hit first or you know we have a seven day a work seven day a week pitching plan in, you know in our program um I'm, I'm a very uh organized person so we have manuals we have a coaching manual uh, we have a parents manual, we have a pitching manual, a hitting manual and a defensive mm-hmm. manual and a conditioning manual. So it's like, that's, that's the way we do things. Now, is it constantly changing every year? Of course it is, but the, the basics aren't right. I mean, you know, pitching, right? Strike one, man, throw it over the plate, win two out of three, being able to locate three pitches, offensively we have six phases six different phases of offense that we concentrate on so in answer to your question we play or practice about 10 months a year now we have multi-sport athletes okay Mm -hmm. and i'm all for that there's there's a whole bunch of guys that play at least two whether it's basketball baseball football baseball um and and they certainly learn a lot anything you, you can be in a competitive environment it's a great learning experience so you got no problem with guys playing multi-sport athletes. So Davis wouldn't be with us for those three months. But for those guys that aren't, we'll always be at the field working and we'll mm-hmm. always be hitting or we'll always be working on defense. I mean, pitching and defense to me is the, is the standard. I mean, if, if you can pitch, our pitching has been phenomenal since I, I just think it's the most important part of the game. Sure. Um, and in defense, you know, that old saying championships wins defense or defense wins championships, excuse me. Defense wins championships. That's true in every sport, whether it's football, hockey, basketball, baseball, whatever. You have to play good defense. And everybody wants to hit, right? But it's important that pitching and defense is, is emphasized every day in practice. You know, and that's why practice plans are so important. There's six phases of offense in every practice also. We believe in six different phases of offense. That's that's emphasized every single day in practice. Um you know, and that that competition part is, is emphasized in practice. So, you know, the definition of a practice or a classroom, hey, everything's a learning environment. You know, it's it could, you know, my our dugout could be a considered a classroom. Would I love to have Vanderbilt's classroom right next to our field? Absolutely. Yeah. We don't, you know, but um however your players and that's the other thing, man. You as a coach, you got to figure out how players learn. I think one fault of coaches is that whatever we think that whatever we say automatically just like goes into their minds and they learn it. Mm-hmm. You got to, un- you got to understand how each kid learns and, you know, you got to present the information, you know, verbally like in a classroom situation, then go on the field and, and, and walk through it and then rep, rep, rep and practice, you know, uh, because I-, I just think if something goes wrong in a game, hundred percent on the coach's fault. We haven't practiced it enough. If a rundown gets screwed up, hey, it's our responsibility as coaches to get it straight. Our players, academically, we won five years in a row, um, you know, the state cha- academic championship nice. or the and the ABCA academic uh, certificate. 
uh, that's important. You know, I, I think our best players are 3.5 GPAs or above. Um, you got to have a 2.5 to try out. I don't like dumb players, um, and I shouldn't say dumb players. I, I don't think um, the most successful people in this world, intelligence is not um, – relentless approach to it, to it is more important than intelligence. Anybody's capable of getting an A. Anybody's – I mean, think about baseball, right? I have kids that memorize 100 lines of Shakespeare. They're in physics, and they're in uh, calculus – and yet they don't understand how to run a rundown. That's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Baseball, don't complicate it, man. It's a simple game. We just got to rep, rep, rep. And um, um, so that's why practice, I, I just think it's so important to have a checklist, you know, to make sure you're, you're checking things off. Practice practice what happens the most in a game, right? I have a card from every single game that I've ever coached. And um, we write down things we need to get better at or things that went right, plus or minuses. Um, I, I just think it's important that you practice what's going to happen in the com- competitive environment of a game, um, over and over and over again. So, oh, yeah. I, cause I have to ask, um, cause I remember coach Sato, just speaking to coach Sato again, he said, one of the biggest things he was so impressed with was your pregame. So I'd love for you to take us through like what that, what, you know, what, what does a typical, let's say, I know you said it's, it kind of varies on the day, but you would say in general, what your typical pregame looks like. Well, and I, and I don't think it's very good to be honest with you. <laughs> I honestly think it's, it's, if I had to give our pregame, I'd give it about a C. Okay. Wow. See, that's this coach. Salta, he's like, he blew his mind. Well, he's like, I, he said the same thing you did. He's like, I'm not doing this right. You know, so well, I, I've had kids, I've had other coaches tell me that to tell you about more about your pregame. And yeah, you know, so basically uh, the warm up, the active warm up, the catch play, the individual defense, then we have a after we've taken our BP, we, we have a session prior to the game where we'll meet as a team and go over game goals. And, and uh, it's a sheet of, of goals that go from team to pitching to defense to hitting to base running. And, and there's we go through those game goals. Every my players, they hear it every single day. It's the same message over and over and over again. Um, and then we'll get into what we call back cows. Back cows is. We try to um, talk through hitting approach where we're all lined up and we're swinging the bats and, and we have a coach, our hit, my hitting coach is out there, coach Royal. He's out there with our uh, hitters and they were going, okay, we're facing a soft lefty today. This is our approach. And we go through situational baseball. We run through each situation, um, you know, drag, bunt, push, bunt, um, hit and run, run and hit um, first and second, one out bases loaded one out. Um, all those things. And so we just, we just go through all those situations. Then we meet as a team, we run our sprints and we go now, again, I think it could become much more efficient. We try to cover a lot of things prior to the game. Um, Our pitchers have a pregame routine. It's about 35, 40 minutes long. I don't think, I don't think anything we do pregame is um, special. I think it's just like it's done every single day the same way. And I'm looking to improve it, man. I mean, I I think that things can be improved all the time. And so um, I I think that that, that's pretty much our pregame, Trey. You just don't – because the way I ask too, because I'm sure you see this in summer league and and things like that where – or just coaching in general, you don't seem like a one-man fungo kind of guy. You know I mean? You see it all the time. You know, you see one line – 
it just drives me wild. So, like, that's why I was like, I know Coach Savage is this guy. So, like, that's why I'm, I'm just kind of asking when you go through catch play and your defensive work and things like that. Like, yeah, are, are there are you basically doing like square drill all the time, or is it a certain like like what kind of things do you like to do so you li- eliminate those kind of like one line fungus? Yeah, yeah. Stuff? So we'll have two lines of infielders, two lines of four infielders, and two coaches hitting ground balls. You know, then yeah. we'll have our outfielders. I love. Um, we use a ton of machines at work at practice. I mean, machines cause massive reps, um, the hack attack, the hack attack junior. I mean, um, we got a new pitching machine last year that, um, is phenomenal built by the hack attack guys. Um, it's so you could take, I could take like, let's say we play your team. I could take that pitching chart and take the velocities and then program those 70 pitches in to our machine oh, and wow. it'll, it'll just replicate that. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's produced by the hack attack company. And um, anyway, it's phenomenal. It's very challenging as a hitter. Our hitters don't love it mm-hmm. because it's hard, but you know, I just think the more you can simulate what they're going to see in a game is mm-hmm. obviously what we're all trying to do. Right. I mean, batting practice, it's like, that feel good BP is more, it's like going to the psychologist more than it is helping them offensively. It's just building their confidence. And there's a time for that, but there's also a time that if you're going to see 92 miles an hour with a good slider, they got to see 92 miles an hour with a good slider yeah, off, off a machine and they hate it. But um, we, we don't like, we hate losing. So, so right. we're going to, we're going to try to simulate that in practice. What we're going to see, we're going to try to really break down our opposing pitchers our opposing teams, what we're going to see. Um, that's the other thing is do is we'll have a ranking system of, so I'll have our, our hitters rank our pitchers and our pitchers rank our hitters. Like, like, you know, who's the best, who, who's the toughest guy to face off our staff. You know, we, we inter squad. I love inter squads as part of a practice, not the whole practice. Um, um, so I think it's important that, that, you know, cause the game, you know, an, an 88 mile an hour fastball is an 88 mile. It doesn't matter who throws it, right? It's just got to learn how to hit it. And um, I, I think that's why offensively, Trey, I think approach is 10 times more important than mechanics. I oh, mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, and it, we hammer approach because, um, and it also builds the, the team philosophy, the team mm-hmm. offense. Um, I, I just think it's really important that. I mean, first and second one out is a great example. Our players know that it's a cardinal sin to roll over in that situation. You cannot roll over with a first and second one out or bases low to one out. You can't roll over. You can't be early, right? We don't want that because where's the best player playing on defense in a high school team? Shortstop. He's going to go six four three double play inning over. Now, I like that police by our players more than by the coaches. So, I mean, I want our players pissed when one of their teammates rolls over in that situation. Now, again, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put them in that situation first and second one out. And then, you know, we have a, during our practices, if you strike out, they they take a lap around the field. It's that simple. I, I mean, striking out is the worst thing that can happen in on offense. So don't strike out. You know, and it, and after a while, if you run enough around the field, you're going to hate striking out too. So, I mean, that's, that's not punishment. That is just 
um, what I call reality evaluation. It's just reality evaluation. It's like, and, and, and are you that bad of a hitter that you can't change your two strike approach? We have this thing um, I think you'd be interested in. So it's, and, and, and you can come up with your own, but it's like, what is the definition of toughness examples on a baseball field? Right. So it's like, Hey, an infielder leaves his feet with a runner on scoring position and keeps that run from scoring. That's an example. Two strike hitting toughness, two strike pitching toughness. Um, now, again, I think every coach in America knows those things. There's no difference there. Um, but do you emphasize it and do you practice it? Because um, this game is played a lot with two strikes. And if you can dominate the mound with two strikes, you know, it's like Tim, when Tim Corbin uh, did that, I don't know, did you see that defensive clinic from Vanderbilt about where all, which, which one? Uh, where all the outs, how many outs were made on the mound, how many outs, where the ball went as far as on defense, how many times out. Oh, the so, number of it? Like yeah. The number of cage. No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's phenomenal. But he had a lot of outs on the mound because of strikeouts, right? Wow. So, yeah. Right? Because he has such a great pitching staff. Right, well, right. So, I mean, I mean, but it's like how many times does the first baseman make a put out? How many times does a catcher touch the ball on defense? Um, so my point is this. Figure out with your pitching staff where the ball goes in the game. Hey, today it hit shortstop six times. Or, you know, the 34 hole, the three, four hole was worn out. Or, you know what, our, our catcher had three blocked curveballs in the dirt and was really good at throwing to first base and getting that out. Uh, and then, and then you got to train, 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 you know, now. Um, so I, I love, so Corbin always goes a different level, you know um, it's like my brother, John, you know, I mean, his pitching stuff, I think he's the best pitching coach in the country. Phenomenal. He builds mm-hmm. great pitchers, but it's not like it's a lot of work behind it. Right. It's like, you know, what a UCLA pitcher is going to look like. Um, and that's what I want a Reno high pitcher to look like. He, you know, he looks like, these things. He's going to be a strike thrower. He's going to have a long, loose arm. He's going to be uh, a three pitch mix guy. He's going to be uh, tough. You know, there, there's that word again, right? Hey, pitching runner on third, less than two outs. Guy doesn't score. That's on offense, toughness, that guy scores, right? So, um, but it, it's like define what toughness is you're on the field and track it. You know, maybe it's uh, dirt ball reads. You know, maybe it's uh, stolen bases, whatever it may be. And then you got to track it, track it, track it, and then emphasize it. We have a, a thing called play of the day. Um, and a lot of people do this too. You know, they give away a t-shirt for play of the day. Um, and I, I, I've told the story multiple times, but it's a story that means a lot to me. So our shortstop in 2010 was a kid named Austin Wood. Um, and you know, he got, he got some play of the days. My shortstop gets play of the days because there's a lot of diving plays. Right. And so, you know, about eight years later, I get this text from him saying, coach, I just want you to know that I'm over here as a a Marine uh, leader and I'm in charge of my group over here. And I I can't remember, I think it was in Iraq. And and he's like, you know, I wear my Reno high baseball t-shirt play of the day t-shirt under my my uh battle gear every single day because that that r reminds me of all the values you've taught us so you know i i give that handout to our players because it's like hey these play of the day t-shirts might not mean a lot to you today 
but they're going to certainly mean a lot to you later. So, you know, that type of thing. So, you know, what you, what you uh, honor and what you emphasize has to become important to the players. Right. I mean, that play of the day is important. That, that t-shirt, you earned it, man. You made a great play today or you're a great teammate today. Um, you wear that shirt with honor. You, you earned it, you know? So there you go. Loved it. Love it. Love it. Fantastic stuff, man. We are rolling. Uh, it's already been over an hour. Oh man. This is great. Um, Oh, the six phases of offense. That was another question mark I had back on the uh, on the notes as I'm taking them just to revisit that. Um, six phases of offense. And you said it comes – you bring it up every day at practice too. Like you'll go over all the six phases. So I guess what are they? And then how do you go over every phase every day? Yeah, so uh, that's why we have long practices. So it's important. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, again, I don't like uh, – baseball is a very time-consuming sport to become good at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's no secret that the best hitters are going to hit a lot, right? Yeah. Best base runners are going to work on base running. So the six, the six different things, the six different phases of offense, right? Hitting, right, is the is the obvious one. But situational hitting, you know, how how is your team doing with a runner on second, no outs, runner on third, less than two outs, bases loaded, runner on first, one out. You know, so situational hitting is key. Short game offense, man. I mean, we love. I mean, Garrett Hampson is in the big leagues right now playing for the Colorado, Colorado Rockies. I, I, I'm, he's the most humble player I think I've ever coached. And he's the best player I ever coached, but you know, he, he's phenomenal at short game offense. He can drag, he can push, he can slash, uh, he can hit and run. He can do all those things. So situational hitting short game offense, hitting plate zone discipline, you know, Brian Shoup, the, uh, the coach from, uh, Alabama, Birmingham. I learned a ton from him, and he's got a whole disciples of coaches that that have, that have um, are still coaching. And, and Brian's attention to detail is phenomenal. But it's like, okay, every bullpen, um, and I got this from my brother John. Every bullpen you throw, yeah, there's a stand-in hitter. There's a live hitter standing there, grading pitches, right? Because the more pitches you see, the better hitter you're going to be. That's no secret. Um, um, Base, base running, which is severely undertaught, and it's a huge weapon at the high school level, base running and base stealing. Um, Coach Gillums wrote a book a long time ago about offense. That's, I kind of got those from him. Um, so I, I, I steal information all the time, and, and you just got to make it your own, right? So, um, And then, then you got you, you to emphasize those six things in practice. But, mm-hmm. you know, get yourself around the bases. You know, once you swing that bat and that ball gets put in play, you're now a base runner. You're no longer a hitter. Okay, so are you a slug that I, I, it's going to take two hits to drive you in from first base and you're not a very good offensive player? But can you can you get on base with a drag, still second, um, tag up on a fly ball, and then score on a ground ball? You know, can you get yourself around the bases? Uh, maybe you uh, base hit hard around the bases, left fielder bobbles, you get to second, you're barely safe. Uh, left-hander on the mound, you steal third, right? And you score in a wild pitch. You got yourself around the bases. Not one teammate had to contribute for you to get you around the bases. Those are run producers. Uh, those guys are those guys are so valuable. But, 
you know, you work on base stealing in practice. You work on base running in practice. We work on base running and base stealing um, right after active warm-up every day in practice. You know, and I, I tell a guy, you know, hey, um, Hampson stole 68 bases in one summer. You know, and he'll say, well, coach, um, so that's the standard? I go, that's the standard. <laughs> you know, and so um, now I never gave Garrett the still sign. Garrett, Garrett was a phenomenal base dealer on his own. You know, so the best base dealers – are, are great because they can anticipate and they can, you know, speed. Good base runners are good vision guys. They see things before they happen. It's not so much to be in the fastest runner it makes you a good base runner. It's baseball instincts. It's being able to get a feel here that this guy is going to be, have a long, slow front leg and you're going to be able to steal or that dirt, anticipate that dirt ball. Um, you know, I, I just think that, and then we're going to bunt every single day. I mean, we're going to be – I mean, my players get so tired of um, us bunting so much, but uh, it's a weapon, man. Pe- people can't defend it. And uh, Augie Garrido, one of the greatest coaches in the world, I was at a clinic, and, and and he's – you know, they asked him, first and second, no outs. He goes, I'd bunt Babe Ruth, you know. And uh, so that's kind of um, not typical of the way Major League Baseball players play anymore. Right. It, it cracks me up though because come playoff then they try to bunt the playoffs. Right. But the giant, the Giants are a great example right now. San Francisco Giants, they bunt, they play great team baseball. They don't have the most talented team. There's, there's the Dodgers are way more talented than the Giants, but the Giants are in first place um, because they do all the fundamentals of the game. Um, you know, situational hitting, you got to rep it in practice. Every single uh, swing and batting practice has a situational piece piece connected to it. We never just swing the bat. Okay. Um, plate zone discipline that that's a make or break deal as an offensive player, you know, and, and, and we define it as you swing at the pitch, you, you swing at your best pitch, but you also never chase. Don't chase bad hitters chase. Good hitters are prepared for their pitch when it comes. So there's two sides of plate zone discipline, right? There's that one part that Hey, that guy threw, threw your best pitch and you're ready to put your best swing on it and you roped it or did you, did you take your best pitch? You know, we came up with a new chart last year. My hitting coach, coach Royal came up with it, but it was a quality swing chart, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, cause we always say, Hey, just try to get two good swings off every at bat. Well, we started grading it out. You know, it's like, okay. Um, and you have your, your hitter, your hitting slots on the nine on the Excel spreadsheet. And it's like, Hey, this kid got no good swings off today. Um, or, or the, and you can look at it as a team. Hey, with two strikes, we, we got 50% of our good swings off with two strikes. That's a phenomenal day. That's a good day. Good day. Or, or you know what? On our advantage counts, we were, we were at 30% on advantage counts. That's not very good. That means we're not prepared to hit. So, uh, that quality, you know. Will you have that? Will that coach chart that, or is that something that a kid does? Or you have someone maybe behind there, just you have a, a manager. Well, oh, uh, I'm having I'm having him do it because okay. I think it's, it's important. Uh, I mean, we, it's an important deal, and I love your um, one thing I want from you is your uh, your weighted quality of bat chart. I think because we we we're relentless about quality of bats, so we yeah. have a, these camouflage jerseys that our quality of bat leader wears and our quality pitch leader or quality innings leader wears in practice. So everybody knows who those two best guys are every single day. Yeah. Um, but 
you're right when when I heard you say in one of your podcasts that every quality of bat's not equal. That is entirely true. So I would like to get that from you uh, when, we get, when we get done here. Um, and, and I just think that, you know, but uh, we have a hustle chart. We got a quality of bat chart. We have quality innings pitch chart, uh, freebie chart like everybody. I mean, freebie charts, turnover chart, right? It's like yeah. whoever, win, whoever wins that's going to win the game. It's that simple. So it, good. It, yeah. That's uh, uh, Justin Deemer. Is that where you got it? Yeah, you know, Justin's Bravo. a good friend. I love him too, man. He he comes out probably every other year and spends a few days with us. And uh um yeah, his stuff's phenomenal. Oh I, my yeah. Yeah, it's very objective. I like I him. love it. Yes. I, I always I'm, loved his statement. I loved his statement of like, I'm pretty sure it was his about he wanted to get like become like a track coach and just where like because the track coach got the best job in the world. Like, look, buddy. You can't argue with this, you know? And so, like, if baseball-wise, we just kind of put it to that because it was. It was until that point, and he just blew my mind. Like, it was absolutely subjective, you know? And, yeah, we could say, like, I'm a guy. Like, I'm the coach. I've been here doing it. Da-da. But it was ext- It was still so extremely subjective. Yeah, and that, that kind of goes to the analytics of the game, you know? I mean, it's, it's yeah. you know, we, we got Rapsodo for pitching. We got Blast for, for, uh, for um, hitters. But, you know – Hey, that stopwatch is, is an analytic too. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, um, I think it's when your time from home to first is this, or when you're infielder solo ball or, or when you're runner from first to second, that stopwatch or this, or the, uh, the, the speed gun, right. The velocity gun. I mean, analytics, um, you can make it as big as you want to make it again. We can't track everything. You know, I think it's important. A lot of coaches make the mistakes like, Hey, we're going to install this whole thing. It's like, hey, you got to decide what you want to be good at. What we want to be good at at Reno High is be a good teammate, right? Be great at pitching and defense and be great at those six phases of offense. Um, and, and that translates into winning. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that's the way we do things at Reno High. Crack it and emphasize it. Yep. Measure, measurement equals motivation. That's the Brian Shoup deal. And, and uh, I learned that from him at the ABCA. Anytime he talked, I was – I mean, I'm in the front row at those ABCA because, you know, I mean, right. Tim Corbin's in the front row. It's like, man, yep. if he's out there doing that and he's winning this much, um, we should all be there. And, and uh, I remember know. a super early day, like, uh, so, you know, on the, on the East Coast is when they came to the Cherry Hill Clinic in Jersey. Um, that was an, that was another clinic uh that those guys went through and then that's then cohen went and brought his whole staff that's where i got met butch and mick mangione that's where gillespie saw her gillespie speak there too um just awesome like it was such it was it was a lot more intimate than the abca of course all those guys are there but then you walk right up to them right afterwards and so that's where I, I met with butch afterwards and we got to talking and um it was just it's it was super good but yeah i remember Itchy, Itchy Jones, uh, Jim yeah, Lefebvre. Yeah. Jim Lefebvre was spoke one year too. That was wild, man. Um, oh man, that was super cool. Uh, well, oh, um, oh, sorry, before I forget about this, uh, the hustle chart is that something that you just like will you just write down like the plus or minuses or plus that like things that you want to emphasize or are you just checking off boxes? We're just checking off boxes basically, right, how, hard, how hard, how hard we come off the field, get on the field, okay. but also you know, any extra hustle plays, um, you know, um, I, I, there was a, there's a coach, I think it was Ryan McGinnis from, uh, Wisconsin. He was, he's a phenomenal coach too, from Kimberly high school. He's trying to get him on here. Yeah, let's do it. 
and because he was like, there's five different, there's five different games. You, you got to win every single time. One would be um, when you get on the bus, you know, do you win that, that bus trip? Mm. Second one is pregame, right? Do you win the pregame? Um, third. And when I talk about pregame, that's not pregame infield outfield. That's just pregame. Like who does a better pregame? Is our pregame better than your pregame? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, our infield outfield. So we count drops uh, us against the other team. And if we lose that, they run the next day. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, and then there's the actual game, right? So did we win or lose that game? Then the post game, how do we finish up? Um, did we learn from that game? Um, how do we leave the bus when we leave the field? Or how do we do the, the field cleanup when we're at home? Um, so those five different games every single day, when you actually play one game, there's actually five different games going on, right? There's the, mm. there's the, there's the, pre, there's the, 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 the bus ride to the game. There's the pregame work. There's the infield outfield. There's the actual game. Then there's post game. You know, how well do you do your post game? Do your, do your players actually learn and listen to what you're saying? Or is it just uh, eyewash, you know, eyewash on a baseball field is a disaster. If you're doing things uh, just to do them and they're not really being productive, that's how you lose. That's how you get those bad practices, right? Um, so do things with intent. I think that's an important thing. The word intent is huge. Um, you know, do with it, everything with a competitive intent to win. Um, I think that's important. What was that guy's name? Uh, Ryan McGinnis from Kimberly High School in Wisconsin. Nice. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be great. He, I saw yeah, him at great. ABCA. Uh, great, great coach. Awesome. Yeah. Let's, uh, well, if we can connect, we'll do it. If he's in, if he's up for it, that'd be awesome. I love that. The game within the game, man, the five games there. Um, yeah. I had some questions. That, that's uh, the post game is what really has me curious. You know, how do you like make that objective? Yeah. You, yeah. yeah objective? And there's, there is some subjectivity. Um, I, I think, you know, again, you got to be creative. It's like, okay, uh, instead of the coach talking all the time, I mean, I love post game because I think it's like post-surgery, you know, as a doctor, you got to figure out what went right, what went wrong as a military guy, you know, during during an invasion or whatever, what went right, what went wrong. Same thing with a baseball game, what went right, what went wrong. I'm not in, I'm not one to say, okay, we'll talk about it tomorrow. We're going to talk about it right now. Um, Cause to me, it's important. And, you know, the more questions you ask in that, the, the more they're going to listen. When you put people on the spot and say, hey, uh, what did you see today? You know, nobody likes being embarrassed. So they'll 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 listen with intent because, I mean, that's that's how you learn. You debrief, you know, and, and I'm not saying you're out there for 30 minutes. I'm saying you're out there for 10, 15 minutes, but you got to go over what went right, what went wrong. Hey, this is important. You've all we've all seen the Augie Garrido, right? The video. Yeah. This is important. This this that what we're doing here is important. And uh, this this baseball program means a lot to me. This team means a lot to us as a program. So um, this game was important. That's another thing. Uh, we play those 110 games. To me, every game is equally important. Whether it's the high school state championship or the third game of the summer, they're all important. I think coaches make mistakes when they say, "Yeah, well, it's just a summer game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna kind of roll it out today. See how it goes." You'll never, you'll never see us do that at Reno High. We're going to go all out all the time. Every single day is important. We're not going to waste time. I, I mean, Trey, to me, wasting time is, is a cardinal sin. It's like 
no player wants to waste time. As a coach, I don't want to waste time. Our time is valuable, right? So let's make it the best we can for our kids. So um, I think that's that's the one thing that's helped us be successful is every game is important. Every day is important. Like we got practice tomorrow. I can't wait, right? It's like um, I, I, it's our challenge to make that practice the best possible practice we can. Um, and now it's important that the kids have fun at practice, right? I, I told our kids this at the end of the summer, guys. You know, we were 43 and six. We didn't get we didn't get 60 games in because um, a couple of games got canceled. We were 43 and six and one, so we mm. played 50 games in 60 days. And um, I said, "Hey, winning's important. You know, winning's fun. You know, there has to be um, that's the difference between travel baseball and uh, and I'm not here bagging on travel baseball, but our high school program, you get consistently evaluated every day, and in you're on a spectrum, right?" from the minute you enter the program to the minute you end. It's not like, well, I'm in a tournament in Phoenix and next week I'm in LA next week. I'm in, no, no, no. You're on the Reno high baseball team, Reno Knights team. It's continuous. It just keeps going and going and going. And, um, you know, I go back to Garrett Hampson. Um, when you talk about humility, I got to bring this up. He had a 76 game hitting streak in our program. Mm. It was between a high school season, an entire summer season, and another high school season. One day he didn't get a hit. And I didn't know he had a 76-game hitting streak, and he didn't know he had a 76-game hitting streak. One day he didn't get on, he didn't get a hit. And I go, God, that's odd. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and look, you know, and then I looked, and it was 76 straight games where he got a hit. But the beautiful part about it, and I think the reason why he's in the big leagues today is he didn't know it either. Everybody his parents weren't posting it on Facebook, right? He he just played for the love of the game. And if you watch him play today, man, he's playing four different positions in the big leagues. Um, and it was great because he he'll he he got on a Zoom call with our team last year in Colorado from Mile High or from what Coors Field, whatever it's called. And uh, he shows up on a Zoom call in his Reno High baseball t shirt. He had a Reno High baseball play of the day t shirt yeah. on. Right. So it's like, here's a guy in the big leagues wearing our stuff. And I'm like, that's humility, man. That's great. So um, he's definitely a huge part of it. And so that's kind of where I'm at. Man, I, I love it, coach. I, I want to respect your time here. We've been at it an hour and a half just rolling. <laughs> um, and I love it, too. I, I do. I love it. I love the passion. And, and you're definitely a model, um, you know, for uh, the coach that and I, I can't thank you enough for jumping on here, man, and talking some good baseball. Uh, if I mean, talking more baseball, what's the best way to kind of connect with you if guys want to like learn more? Yeah, I gave you my uh, my email. It's yeah, email. P yeah, email is p e t e s at s a v a g e a n d s o n dot com. It's a long one. Yeah. Or my cell number seven seven five six nine zero nine three one six. Hey, I'm an open book. I got no secrets. Um, I've learned from so many good coaches. I think, you know, my one of my very first coaching clinics way back in 19, I think it was 88, uh, Dave Snow, the old coach from Long Beach, who who um, is actually helps my brother at UCLA. Um, you know that name, Dave Snow? I don't. Oh, man. So he He's the one that invented. He, he, he brought Long Beach State. To greatness. Uh, he was oh, team wow, USA, okay. team USA coach. He was Augie Greedo's pitching coach at Fullerton. Mm. But anyway, his sign system, the sign system we use today, 
yeah. I got from Dave Snow back in 1987. I mean, so um, and his, his great pitching philosophy, great mental game guy. Uh, talk about building toughness in players. Dave Snow was a standard. Mike Gillespie from USC um, had the guts to steal home in the College World Series. Um, just being your, you know, that goes back to being your own coach. Be your own, you know. Butch says it all the time. You be you. Yes, sir. Uh, and and you got it. You got to you got to decide what you want to stand for and emphasize it every single day in practice. Emphasize what your team wants to look like. You know, there's nothing worse, Trey, than a coach that says. Uh, I don't really like our leaders. I don't like our team. Hey, it's like, you're the leader. You're the leader of the team. So everything reflects back on you. So, um, you know, and it goes back to anything's possible. If you want to put the time and effort into it. Um, like I said, I, I just been so fortunate to be around so many good baseball people. I consider you one of those, those people. I mean, when I listen to your podcast, man, it's like so many good, it's just like a, it's baseball clinic 101 man it's it's awesome um and it's like um you know i i it's phenomenal what we have at our finger finger fingertips now right we can get on our cell phone take our dog for a walk and listen to matt deggs talk about offense and uh yeah through people like yourself so you're you're uh you're a huge part of growing the game and i just i just very fortunate and grateful to be on this podcast today so thank you Coach Savage, just amazing, amazing stuff. It was a conversation that we hit it 100%, 100-mile-an-hour right from the get-go. Just reminded me, just I just kept on thinking, like, this, 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 his consistency and his message and what he walks and what he talks, this is the, the no-wasted time he talked about in his practices and during pregames and Shows up, we didn't. We didn't waste any time. It was from one thing to the next. We rolled. We talked about it, and and um, it was just it was so valuable. And it was just uh, really great to see him work and, and touch base with him and talk talk some baseball. I just um, big thing that stuck out to me was it really was his model, his consistency, his his message. I love people that just those are the guys that when they can walk the walk, that's what he's about. Love guys that are about their players. You can see he's about the players. He's about developing them. As he goes and talks um, about all ways he's doing that, from love the peer-to-peer evaluations, basically helping kids create self-awareness from the as-you-see-it, where guys are creating lineups, where they're thinking who the best five starters are, um, from the five areas, you know, how are you and these areas come and each person grades themselves. Each person grades their, their teammates. It's so valuable. Um, especially just from a self-awareness standpoint, you know, you might be doing this, but no other teammates saw you there or vice versa. There's a couple guys that need to say like, you are the dude you can play. Here's even what these guys say about you. I could definitely see that even happening on the other end as well. Because you have to know that you are doing it well and you need to continue doing things well. And that's what he talks about. You talk about the, basically at the end of the year, you have to say, here's what we're doing well. We need to continue doing that. We're not doing these things well. We're going to stop doing that. So we need to start doing other things. I love the continue, start, stop, growth, growth plan. Defining failure versus success. What does it mean? What does it mean when we fail? What does it mean when we succeed? Defining those two. He, he over 
said it multiple times about emphasizing what you're about. Emphasize it, track it, train it, repeat it, do it again, emphasize it, emphasize it, train it, repeat it. Measure is motivation. Talked about that. Uh, but finding what you are, what you're about, finding examples of it, holding it accountable to that, and train it, track it, emphasize it. Ah, just a great conversation. Filled with it. It energized me. Mm, just love it. You know, it's practice coach. Practice it all for the coaches. Games are for the games are for the players. A ton of information. Gave you a ton of stuff. And if you haven't done the foxhole test, uh, what another great way to see if you're about a, a good teammate. The three points for the person who that you'd have on your back. Two points for the person you'd have on your right and the one person you'd have on your left. See who gets the most points. Phenomenal, phenomenal how people show up in front of their peers. Awesome stuff. Coach Savage, just bringing it. Just bringing it. I love that I talk about the Ten Commandments. You know, the fundamentals. These don't change, but maybe how we go about them might. You know, how we plan for this team might. Every team has their own little identity, and we're always trying to hit get 1% better. But those commandments, those fundamentals, they stay the same. Legacy, the number. Oh, man, how cool was that? You know, trying to remember who, who wore that number. You know, if you got a program, you've been in there, like, who wore number five? Who wore number seven? Who wore eight? Yeah, these might not be guys that you have retired their number, but just even telling the story, that number, there, there's there's something behind that. Man, that's super cool. So I just love listening to, like, different things like that that'll help the six, the six phases of offense, how he incorporates that into a daily practice plan. And again, if you want something, you're going to be about it. Track it, measure it, emphasize it, keep repeating it. Coach Savage can't thank you enough. Can't thank you guys enough for holding on to us. Again, keep sharing with us. Contact me at TreyTCobb at Gmail. Follow me on Twitter at Coach3Cobb. Follow the podcast for all new uh, podcasts that are coming up. I'm also getting ready to release our gear list. I'm going to have some merchandise, some uh Better men, better ball player merchandise. We're gonna put up an online store. Guys who want to get some shorts, get some swag, get some merch. Um, but everything that we do through this online store, any kind of money we're gonna make, we're gonna put it into giving gifts to the guests, getting back to the guys who are putting this stuff out, getting back to the guys that are making this stuff possible. I want to be able to do more for the guys, um, for the great people who are putting. Help putting the stuff out, helping us all grow, helping us improve the game. So I want to give out and give back to those guys as much as I can. I don't feel like I do enough. I want to be able to give enough for those guys that, um, and all those people that do it because we've had some great, great women on here as well. So uh, that's what that's going to be out. It's coming out here soon. We're going to release that. Be looking for that as we get some merchandise. Get some merchandise coming up. So. But, again, thank you for holding with us. Thank you to those guys at Denning Pros and Denning Pros Family Chat. Thanks, Coach Savage. Appreciate you guys. And until next week, keep getting better.